as long as everyone has the mindset that you need to have rest days to complement your your workout days. You need active rest days and you need rest days. Some days your body literally needs to sit on the couch and do nothing. Welcome to How Do You Feel, a podcast with info and inspo to help you tune in to your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Casey Zavaleta, and together we'll explore how we can optimize our physical and mental health so that we radiate positivity and happiness from the inside out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to How Do You Feel? It was a big week. I officially launched and opened registration for a new four-week series called Relentless Habits. For the past couple of months in quarantine, I've been running free drop-in mindfulness classes with All Day Fit in the online hub. And I always knew in doing those classes that I planned for those to culminate in what would be more of a committed four-week series, and I am stoked to introduce it. The program officially starts on Wednesday, so there are still two days to register if you're interested. What we're gonna be doing is we're going to be going through the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, and we're gonna kinda use that to guide our studies. We're gonna do the work of understanding our identity that we have of ourselves and how that shapes the behaviors and actions that we take each and every day. We're gonna work on becoming aware of some of the unconscious actions that we take. And then we're gonna decide which of those habits are actually serving us. And we're gonna move closer towards those. We're gonna decide which ones aren't serving us and we're gonna work on breaking those habits. And then we're gonna take a good hard look at what habits we want to commit to and add into our lives in a sustainable, long-term way. These classes are going to be run over Zoom. The class sizes are gonna be nice and intimate. So there's gonna be lots of connection within the group. We're gonna hold each other accountable to the habits that we're creating. I really think that this is going to be such a special program. And no matter what it is that you're working on, whether it's establishing a fitness routine, working on your mobility, something around nutrition, whether you're trying to improve your relationship with food or you're trying to move towards eating healthier foods or having healthier habits surrounding the way that you eat or your schedule, whether it's something about self-care that you're trying to implement, whether it's something around your house or in your relationship, something about work and productivity, any of these things this program will apply to. That's why it is gonna be so freaking special because we're gonna all be on our own journey and working on our own area in life, but we're gonna be doing it side by side. And I honestly believe that the tools that you're gonna learn in this program, the laws of behavior change that you will learn, I believe have the power to change your life if you internalize them and harness them moving forward. These concepts have absolutely changed my identity that I hold of myself over time, and they've changed many of my daily habits in a way that has significantly enhanced my life. So I'm really excited to have the opportunity to share that with others in this program. 
If you're interested in signing up for the program, I'm gonna put the registration links in the show notes. You can also find the registration links in my Instagram bio. And if you just wanna learn more about what the heck Relentless Habits is, then you can watch a free recording of a webinar, an informational webinar that I held last week, and that link is also in my Instagram bio. Okay, everyone, this week on the podcast, we are talking about overtraining, stress, and recovery. I had my good friend Cassie Day back on the podcast to chat about this topic because it's something that is near and dear to her heart because she has experienced the effects of overtraining and she's still dealing with some injuries that likely resulted from a period of overtraining in her life. And I know that she loves talking about how much her life has changed for the better now that her relationship with training is a little bit different and her mindset around it is much more sustainable. I do want to preface this podcast episode, guys, by saying that, of course, Cassie and I are talking from our experience. That is one experience. You might relate to pieces of that experience, which is awesome, or you might not relate to anything in our experience, and that is okay because we are all on our own path, and your path is your own. Our hope in talking about these things is simply to educate, to reflect, to share our reflections with the listeners, but in no way, shape, or form is there a right or a wrong way to look at these topics. I think this is a very important episode. I hope that everybody that spends time in the gym listens to this episode and thinks about these concepts because overtraining can be just as detrimental as undertraining, and I think it's important to remember that. Okay, without further ado, here is my conversation with Cassie Day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to How Do You Feel? I am here with Cassie Day. Sorry if you hear Molly in the background. She's being crazy. I am here with Cassie Day, the owner and founder of All Day Fit. You guys have heard her on the podcast before. I love having her on the podcast. Today, we are here to talk about a very important topic to trainers, to clients, to everybody. We're going to talk about overtraining. So Cassie, I want to ask you first, how do you know if you've overtrained? How do I know if I've overtrained? Also a very important topic to both of us. Yeah, I think it's important sure. to say. It's exciting to be talking about this topic because I know that Case and I both feel the same way about overtraining and like both through our past experiences. So how do I know personally if I've overtrained? So for me, I'm always really trying to get on this episode. <laughs> for me, overtraining looks like it actually might look quite different than like from a client who would be listening to this. For me, I know I've overtrained if my mindset around my training has become irritated. So I no longer look forward to going to do my workouts. It's like something I actually have to do. It's like a deadlift day especially. It seems like impossible to have to do. And that's when I know that maybe not even just physically, but mentally I also need a break. That's my biggest indicator. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think loss of motivation is something that we think just happens, 
But I agree, I've had the same experience. If you walk into the gym and you never feel that excited feeling to do your program or you're never motivated to do it and feeling like I have energy to take this on, if you're never having that feeling and every single time it feels like a chore, it's a great sign that you either need to take a break or you need to change up something in your training routine. Like something needs to be different. For sure. Workouts should be something that you look forward to doing. I mean, don't get me wrong. Maybe they're not <laughs> Maybe they're not in the very beginning. But now I've been training consistently for 10 years. So like, I know when I'm ready to take a break. Why do you think it's different for you versus clients? Like, Why do you think clients might not relate to that? Because I think it takes some time and commitment to build consistency in the gym for you to able be able to identify the difference, I guess. Like some people may love the gym in the beginning. Some people may really not like the gym in the beginning and that's okay too. It's you need to find what you enjoy about the gym to build that relationship, to be able to realize when I'm not in a good headspace for the gym, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what your normal relationship to yeah. the gym is. And so therefore you're able to understand if it's, if it's different. For sure. Like normally yeah. my workouts are, the highlight of my day sometimes, you know, like that's the hour I'm giving to myself. And if I'm not looking forward to that one hour with myself, then obviously like my body needs a rest or my brain. And sometimes like we'll talk about stress. I'm sure a lot. It's all the other life stresses that are weighing down on me in my workout that actually should be prioritized over my training. Mm-hmm. So overtraining, like it ties in so many things, right? The physical and the mental side of things. Yeah, for sure. Let's go ahead and talk about stress because I feel like that's a big component and probably in your life, something that makes a big difference in whether you're overtraining. So how does stress, if there's a lot of life stress going on, how does that change your ability to be able to take on workouts that you might normally be able to take on? Right. So stress is stress and we need to be able to recover from all of that stress in order to give hundred percent when we go into the gym. Mm-hmm. So whether that means training stress where you've taxed your muscles, or if that means something in your life weighing on you, whether it be relationships or your work, something else like that stress is still taking a toll on your body, on your mind and on your recovery. So I forget the question you asked, but that is stress. <laughs> if you're at your all-time high oh. like level of stress, how is it different what you can do in the gym? Like, What do you find harder? Do you change your workout in any way? Yeah, it's actually how I just said about the concept of the deadlift. So deadlift is the one I actually notice the most. Mm-hmm. And that's when I know that my my stress has peaked. It's actually my, my probably one of my first indicators. I get to the gym. Typically, Monday is a deadlift day for me. I feel... It feels like... I have to go lift 10,000 pounds. It feels impossible. It's when something that seems easy to me feels impossible. And that's how an indicator of my stress in my life. It's usually the thing I love most. It's really interesting. Why do you think it's the deadlift specifically that is your indicator? Mm. Is it because it's your heaviest lift? Maybe because it's my heaviest lift. I don't know, actually. Maybe there's something like psychological that I also like perceive about the deadlift, you know? I have, I'll need to reflect on that. <laughs> I don't actually know the answer, but it's always, it's always the deadlift. Ray, actually, one of my clients, she's one of my personal training clients, I've explained this experience to her. And now we've seen in her training two incidences where she had a lot of work stress, the same 
She would normally run into the gym on deadlift day. And then the same thing happened to her. I don't know if I put it in her head and I made her think about it, but we thought that was interesting. And it just, it made something that seemed normally exciting and easy feel impossible. Mm-hmm. You're talking a lot about the idea of being mentally ready and mm-hmm. how the mental stress of life affects your workouts. But what about if your body physically is not well enough recovered? Are there different signs? Like, what do you feel? Yeah, there's different signs because I think I can be mentally definitely ready and my body not be physical ready. So signs like that would be how I know I was overtraining. Um, My strength is down. So I definitely, not definitely, yeah, I calculate my strength numbers as I follow a four-week program. Um, But part of the reason I track my numbers is for that. So I can measure my recovery. If I'm training two days back to back and my numbers drop down, was my body recovered? So data is important. Um, there's pros and cons to data. As we know, I talk about a lot, um, but this is one of the indicators I can know if I was uh, recovered. Also in the past, when I have been in this cycle of overtraining a lot, I ran into two injuries and one of the injuries is a torn labrum and it's been three years. And when you put it all together, my torn labrum happened that same cycle where I was training six days a week. Did it, did it happen one because the other? I don't know, mm-hmm. but like high chance. You're way more prone to injury when you're overtraining and under-recovered. Tell me about your mindset when you were training six days a week. Mm. Okay, so I've been a tra- so training for 10 years, been a personal trainer for seven. Somewhere in the middle of that, I went from being athletic Cassie to like really honed in <laughs> on this like train only mindset I guess like health and wellness like was my life it's still my life a lot but it was my in a different way so I was training six days a week um, and I was counting macros so I was very dialed into the amount of calories my body needed and really only eating that many Mm -hmm. and during that time where my mindset was was my mindset was like everything is training I have to go 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 to bed at nine o'clock because I have to be rested for my training I can't go out to eat with my friends because any type of alcohol is going to impact my training. I can't do this, 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 this. So at the time, I was happy. Don't get me wrong. Like I, that's what I wanted at the time. But I, my life and my priorities and my goals and my focus in training have like significantly changed since then for myself and also for my relationship. How long can I keep Jameek sucked into that lifestyle? Like, I don't know. He helped with it for two full years. <laughs> But I have since then grown very, I don't want to say past or through, but in a different direction. My training goals are different, like I just said. But yeah, six days a week, my life, like everything was focused around my workouts. And if I missed a workout, it was like the end of the, I wouldn't miss a workout. I wouldn't. It just like wasn't an option. I didn't miss workouts. (laughs) It's different than now. Like looking back and trying to put yourself back in that headspace, were there any signs that you were overtraining? Like you just said, you were happy. Mm-hmm. So maybe like that motive, the lack of motivation wasn't one. Yeah, Are I don't there think. Are there any th- other signs? I would say the lack, or no, sorry, the signs then. I don't know about physical ones or my, mental ones. No, I really, I felt what I at the time would say I felt my absolute best. And mentally, great. Physical, I mean, my injuries, mm-hmm. possibly. I, they were at the time. I definitely didn't piece that together. Uh, my strength went down as, but that was my body fat changes. I was losing size. So that's mm. where my muscle, my strength mm-hmm. went down. Um, so I don't think I put it together at the time of overtraining and it's hard to guess now if that was the case. I mean, now I know, but 
Yeah. How was your energy in life? Energy was great. Super interesting. Energy was, that's why it's so different. And so like, (laughs) but think about it. I had, I was like, I went from being a very social human, being out during the week, not dialed into my sleeping. Yes, I was training, but all of my other lifestyle things might weren't being focused on when I went into this phase of my life, every habit was focused on health and wellness, you know? Yeah. So that's where it was different. So it's almost like you eliminated every other life stress or all the normal things that life would throw your way. And so it was sustainable in a way, like in that bubble of we're only thinking about training and maybe physically you were recovered, but if you're ever going to live your life, it wasn't going to be sustainable. Right. So that served a time and a place. And I think for a trainer listening to this, that could seem very relatable, especially a trainer who's kind of going through a transition of my life being all or nothing fitness or all fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, But for a client, I don't know if a client will ever, I lie, I guess maybe a client would, right? I think some. I guess clients that we see not so much at All Day Fit um, because we actively program strength training, active rest days and rest days. But like I have friends who go to other gyms where like my friends who go to Barry's, like it's the all or nothing mentality where they're training seven days a week, sometimes two a days. Like that's the culture there. So I guess when I'm talking about Mm -hmm. clients that we see, it's hard to like put that in perspective, but of course it's there. It's interesting though, because you say you felt physically recovered, but you still incurred two injuries at that time. So Mm -hmm. like clearly something wasn't going great in your training, right? And there was some lack of recovery there. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Do you think it was your mentality around lifting? It's too hard to tell because we're talking like three full years now. Yeah. My mentality of like everything about training's changed so much since then. It's interesting because it's, I think it's important to talk about during my overtraining cycle. So during this time, I actually lost my cycle. Two, so it happened very quickly. I dropped down 15 pounds and my body fat percentage was 13%, something insanely low. And at the time I thought it was normal because female athletes tend to lose their cycle. So I didn't think anything of it. The thing was when I, when I saw a nutritionist who I worked with for almost two, close to two years, who was working to repair my hormones, it wasn't coming back. And my period didn't come back for three full years. And the naturopath kept telling me you're overtraining. And I was like, that's impossible. I'm only working out five days a week. Like I'm resting too. And I'm eating normal at this point. So when we're talking about overtraining, it really like what we're looking at is recovery, which encompasses nutrition, your sleep, and your training. And when I think back to that time of three of those three years of my cycle, it was too much for my body. Yeah. And that's why it took three years for my period to come back. And it wasn't until I dropped down to training three to four mm-hmm. at some times a week. I'm sure I put on 10 pounds. I have no idea, actually. I definitely wasn't as lean. And I started eating more. I stopped living so much of a restricted diet. And I think like the difference also my mentality and my nutrition changed. I went from this phase where... I was clean eating, quote unquote, clean eating, meaning like if it wasn't healthy, I couldn't eat it. And at the time I thought that was healthy and my mind has changed completely. And it was in that same transition. I mean, all of that kind of happened together where I deloaded my training. I changed my mindset around nutrition and I prioritized sleep and my cycle came back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible how long it takes to like, we don't realize how long the effects are on our physical bodies when we're overtraining, potentially under eating. It's insane. Let's talk about some other just potential signs that someone is overtraining because they're different for everyone. We've talked about kind of uh, loss of motivation, maybe 
loss of strength so you're not hitting the same numbers what else being like moody or irritable and that could come from the mindset component of things right um we talked about hormonal changes could happen i mean that's something that someone would have to be really dialed in to notice i only know that knew that from working with a naturopath a change in your cycle though yeah if you've been regular and it becomes irregular that's something yeah for sure the change in cycle I think some others, uh, low energy. Low energy is a massive one. If you're feeling lethargic all the time, huge sign that you could be overtraining. Poor quality sleep can be another one. Yeah. I never relate that because I sleep so well, but I'm (laughs) like, that's definitely one. Yeah. Have you noticed that ever? I don't think so. I've never put those dots together, but I know that that for sure is a thing for a lot of people. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what else, like... You know that feeling, so you know that feeling after you've done a crazy hard workout and you start to walk up the steps and it feels like your legs are just lead? If you feel that and you're going into a workout, or let's say you're starting your set and your first two reps already feel hard, like there is your sign that you're not recovered enough. Well, muscle soreness. Yeah. So like muscle soreness (laughs) for one day, sure. Yeah. Not what I strive for. Some people do, but muscle prolonged muscle soreness. Your body's obviously not recovering. Right. So that would be that one tied in with that. And I want to be careful right. when I say that one because I think when I was first educated on the concept of that, at the time I was training in a bodybuilding style where each muscle group is hit once or twice a week, but isolating that muscle group. So I was confused because I was like, I just did legs. I'm obviously going to be sore for one or two days. And that does happen when you isolate a muscle. And my, rec- mm-hmm. yeah, when you isolate it, like when you do two hours of legs, the way I was training, you know, it just, the difference is if it's abnormal, prolonged, and if you just feel like it's weighing you down, especially in your energy, right? Mm-hmm. You want to bounce back. You want to feel great the next, you want to feel great the next five minutes, really. But like, let's talk next hour, sure. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and yeah. that's like, one thing obviously we can both speak on is like at all day fit our our workouts are like meant to energize you like we want you walking out feeling better than you walked in mm-hmm. not like worn down and that's that's recovery yeah let's talk about people that feel guilty when they miss a workout day there is so much guilt associated with not hitting a workout and i can relate to this because i have been in that headspace before and i understand the panic that's associated with that but this is this is a big problem for people i think we see it a lot we encourage people to take intentional rest days not just the rest days that life forces you to take but people really struggle with that one of our friends she just got injured and that meant that she had to take a rest day on that same day that she was injured and I could just see the panic in her eyes about not being able to hit her workout and I I just know that she shares that mentality with so many people so how would you speak to someone I guess that's struggling with feeling guilty about taking a rest day well, first, I want to acknowledge that it is completely a normal feeling that mm-hmm. many, many people, and at one point, I felt this way in my journey, and I know at one point, you felt this way in your journey. Are 100%. we going to talk about your journey in here? Because we should. <laughs> so I want to acknowledge it, and I think part of where that stems from is the fitness industry says, like, the things, no pain, no gain, no days off, yeah. never miss a workout. Workouts measured by sweat, you know, like all of the, these things. 
this is where we dial into a negative part about about numbers focus is like you're focused on what your Fitbit or your Apple watch says. You didn't hit your steps or you didn't hit your calories burned for the day. And then that impacts what you are allowed and not allowed to eat. And that's where all that stems from. It stems from the relationship that you have with training. And if we're going deeper, the relationship you have with your body. Mm-hmm. So first I want to say like, don't have guilt. Like really what I think is worse than missing your, what, what if for you to understand what's worse than missing your workout is feeling guilty about it. That stress that that guilt is causing you is doing more harm than missing the workout. Yeah. I say that to people all the time. It's like with online programs, someone will have missed a workout day. They say, I'm feeling so bad about it. They might apologize to me. And the thing that I say is, okay, it happened. It's fine. Let's reflect on why. Let's reflect on what came up in life. Let's reflect on if we want to do something better next week. But there should be no guilt and shame associated with that because exactly what you're saying just makes it worse. So it's not a helpful thing, but guilt is a very challenging emotion to work through. And I think one thing that I'm constantly seeking for myself is feeling and knowing and acknowledging my value and wholeness even when I'm not doing the things I think I'm supposed to be doing. So even if I have an entire week off of workouts, like that doesn't make me any less of a person or a trainer. It doesn't mess up with my identity that I have for myself as an active person who enjoys moving. But that's a really, really hard thing. Like when I say, like I'm constantly seeking that, like that has been, I'm way better than I used to be, but I'm not fully there. And Personally, I seek that in all other things as well, like in nutrition and in work. You don't have to be doing all of the things to be valuable. You're enough, even if you're sitting on the couch and choosing not to do your workout. But that's a hard, like you got to do the work to get to that point, to realize that that is, that that is true. Yep. You can't just say it. You can't, yeah, you can't just say, and that's why it's so much deeper than just saying don't have guilt, right? Right. Where does that guilt stem from? Why do you have it? And I think that's the first thing you need to reflect in on. And we talk about the importance of reflection all the time. I can't tell you how to stop your guilt because that's coming from something internal, right? I can tell you to hit pause and reflect on why you feel that guilt. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to do if you want to be able to overcome that because that makes, that takes the fun out of training, you know, like... And missing one workout or skipping a workout, whatever you want to call it, is not going to impact anything in the long run at <laughs> yeah. all. Yeah, that's that's so true, right? Like if you think about, let's say that something happens crazy and you have to, I don't know, go pick up Jamique from somewhere and you can't get your workout in later today and you're planning on it. Today is one day when you zoom out, it is barely a blip on the radar. What matters is what you're doing consistently. It doesn't, this one tiny day does not matter. It is what you are repeating over time, over years, but it's not about today. I feel like that's hard for someone who's new to training to understand. Mm -hmm. Even like I'm talking under one year probably, you know, but like I'm promising you, I'm talking one, two, three, like now I'm at 10 years. I plan to be training until I'm 70, 80, 90. Like what does one day really matter? And that's where, that's an exciting part of the journey of health and wellness that I hope everyone finds. That it's, 
it's the big picture, right? Like you're trying to implement habits that you keep forever. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about, hopefully. Yeah, I think one thing that people miss when they're new in training is they don't, they kid themselves that what they're doing will be sustainable forever. That's what I did. So when I think back to when I first started training and I fully launched into training, I was training seven days a week. I was kidding myself that that was sustainable. I just didn't realize, I just couldn't see the big picture because my training age was so young. I just, I didn't have the vision to know that wasn't going to be sustainable. And it it had to take years to show me that actually that's not gonna work and to understand the value of a rest day. But I guess it's just time. Like I remember so much feeling like it was a good day if I had trained and if I wasn't training, that it wasn't a good day. And I couldn't have two not good days in a row, right? For example, I couldn't have two not good days in a week. I remember the mentality. I think there's also something to be said for like, if someone's training seven days a week, they're not just gonna hear us say this and change their habits. No, for sure. It's good to hear it. I think it's helpful to listen to people say it that maybe are a little bit farther ahead in their fitness journey than you are, but it's a learning process. And I think the more that, like you just said, the more that you can reflect and the more that you can really think about how your training is impacting your life and your mentality, the better. And the faster you'll get to understanding that for yourself. Because... No one will sustain training seven days a week in any in a healthy way, right? They'll run themselves into But that's the your entire life. Like, you're giving yeah. your entire life to that. Right. I can remember so distinctly... What's the word? Yeah, distinctly. Distinctly. At the gym, Brooke and I were following Eric Cressy's four-day-a-week strength training program. Casey was following it with us. And we had just finished a rest day. And we had just trained and... I felt so good about my training, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had a conversation and I didn't know at the time, but you're like, I, on the two claimed rest days, I actually did circuit training <laughs> and you did workouts. And at that point, like, like you just said, like we can talk about it for sure. Um, and I think it's very important that you're in an environment that talks about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think you came from a different environment that advocated for training every day all day right so it wasn't yeah when when do you you remember this or no I don't remember that one but I remember starting that program and thinking that it wasn't enough like I remember that feeling of it being like this can't possibly be enough because I was coming from doing so much more and so what felt like more cardio and more intensity and these are this is a proper strength training program so it's just so different that I remember that feeling of it wasn't enough yeah that's very interesting mm-hmm. and I mean so, uh, people when they come into all day fit I'm sure there's people I'm, I don't think there's many but I'm sure there are people who do feel that way mm-hmm. and you know what sometimes less is better well that's the thing right in life why would you want to do more for more sake If you can get the same physical and mental benefits from doing less, from training four days a week, solid four days a week, and it's not totally consuming your life, why would you choose to just do more? More for more's sake doesn't make sense. You were doing cardio after that program. 
we would finish the strength day and you would go do cardio. And now we fast forward to my current program and I'm in a four day a week program and I'm like taxed the other days, right? And I'm like fully taking rest days. And it's also interesting because I'm coming off of quarantine when my um, training frequency was way higher, but I wasn't under load. <laughs> I was doing kettlebell swings. Could talk about this all day because you know? it's also because our training age is getting high now. I'm doing all the athlete, which I love, 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 love. And I'm sprinting at like my 80 to 100% capacity, but it's not giving me that same tax feeling that I've had in my strength training days in my strength training programs. And I haven't been on a true strength training program in five months now, which I was literally on one for how many years straight. So Okay, so there's an interesting thing to unpack because you crave that taxed feeling that you get from strength training. Mm -hmm. Why do you feel like that's what you need to feel like it's an effective program? Effective is like not a fair word. Mm. I don't actually look at any workout as being an effective workout. I like just look at workout as like giving myself time and moving my body. Okay. Yeah, so I, like I just like that feeling of feeling energized and really like clear mind. And you know what part of it probably is, is like when I do strength training, I'm so honed in on myself and the feeling in my body mm-hmm. that I come out feeling very present and clear. Mm-hmm. Where at All The Athlete, which is amazing, I'm like very in a team environment. So I'm not so honed into my own body. Um, and I'm very like, I'm being coached by someone else. So it's just a different experience, I'm right. sure. Yeah, it's interesting because we do we do teach ourselves to, to place value on certain things. Yeah. And I think one thing that's been very cool about All Day Athlete being a part of what we offer now and Tamik being part of the team has been that I think our mentality around, like, we can do these, like, athletic movements. We can sprint and do all this stuff, which hasn't historically been a part of the programming that we offer. It's just nice because you realize that no matter what, like, there's no one right way, right or wrong way to move your body, no matter what it is, right? We, we teach ourselves to value certain things. We learn what we like, but it's always good to branch out and do something that's just different. Yeah, but we do know the importance of strength training. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm we're seeing athletes who didn't have any experience strength training. I don't want to say getting injured, but possibly getting injured in the new program. So we had to slow it down and talk about the importance of having strong glutes and strong hamstrings before you go and try to do max effort sprints. You know, running at that 80, 80 to one hundred percent capacity. One hundred percent. You have to have a base of strength in order yeah. to generate power. For sure. Speaking of Jameek, so this is like a good story, kind of ties in also like the importance of training, like in longevity. So Jameek's a firefighter for those listening and my fiance and a trainer all day fit. So on shift, like recently, he actually told me this happens all the time. He says one of the most common calls on this call recently, it was a 90 year old woman who had fallen to the ground and was unable to pick herself up. I know 90 is old, but that could happen for someone who's not active much sooner. Maybe she was active, maybe she wasn't. But just thinking about that, and this lady laid on the ground for five days before help found her. So I think about, so it's interesting because even when you tie in the concept of effective workout, like I won't know if my workouts were effective until I'm 70, 89 <laughs> years old and I can still take care of myself. And that's where I'll measure my my efforts in all of the years prior and where I prioritize my my time and that's where it's coming from i love my grandmother to death but she's 65 years old i know she's very young my mom was very young 
and she's not healthy and she needs help walking at 65 years old. Like 65 is still young. You're still like, you know, so interesting. Yeah. I'm glad that you bring that up. This concept of like effective workout. Mm -hmm. I think I use that word effective a lot, but I'm really glad you brought that up because I think we also need to get away from this mindset of like, this hour is my workout. Like sometimes, yes, that is okay, but it doesn't have to be that way. We can have pockets of movement throughout the day that piece together and become a workout. I'll do a set of 10 kettlebell swings followed by five push-ups, followed by a couple of skaters. And I'll do that three times and it just took me 12 minutes and I do that two or three times a day. Would someone define that as a workout? I don't know, but I was active today and I did something good for my body. So programming is important and I will always have like designated program days, but also just a workout doesn't have to be fit within this box of the one hour that we like to think that it has to be, you know? Yeah, I will say that for people listening to be able to relate to that, I think that to enable, like to get to that mindset around movement, you kind of have to have gone through a consistent routine and maybe have built a consistent lifestyle where you're moving your body to maybe feel that way. I don't know for sure, but oh, I, I think like so much of it stems from like Casey and I are now talking like how many years you've been training. I don't know. Depends on what you define as training. <laughs> how long have you been? Okay. Yeah. Right. Your whole life. If we're talking about that. Right. Right. So uh, yeah, like movement's been such a part, part of your life for so long. The concept of overtraining will be so different no matter where you are in your journey. But for people, it just, as long as everyone has the mindset that you need to have rest days to complement your, your workouts days, you need active rest days and you need rest days. Some days your body literally needs to sit on the couch and do nothing. Mm. It's not, I didn't work out today. Like that was an important part of my program. So now usually for many years I've said, Hey, did you book your workouts on Sundays? And for me, it's like building the habit of every Sunday you book in your workout for the week. And it's just building that routine. I am a big believer that if you book it in, it's just one step closer to making it actually happen. Mm-hmm. And now I don't only say book your workouts. I say book intentional rest days. What days are you going to take off? And I'm not talking, maybe it is an active rest day you go for a bike ride, but what day are you going to do nothing? Mm-hmm. Cause doing nothing is sometimes important. So I'm really excited that that's grown into that language that I'm sharing with our community and our team. It's important, as you know. Yeah. (laughs) I think that I would encourage everyone, if they struggle with rest days and they struggle with taking those intentional days off, I would just encourage you to reflect more. Like, why does it make you feel guilty? Why does it make you feel those negative feelings? And what can you connect it back to? Because then, like, that's where you need to go to figure out um, your relationship with your training and ideally improve it. They're possibly linked together. The having the guilt of a miss, having the guilt of missing a workout, and feeling like workouts need to be effective. What does effective mean? They are very, very intertwined. Probably. Tell me more. Well, if you're feeling your workout needs to be effective, like I said, it's like that mentality around training rather than Mm -hmm. when you're able to shift your mindset around training being about how did you feel that day? Mm -hmm. How did it energize me? You know, and it comes in a shift to training and it's like, I wish I could put it on everyone from day one, but you know, you can't, you know, actually Jimmy had a client this morning, Juanita, basically (laughs) what she says, she's been training with Jimmy for one month. And when we had our call, 
this morning, she was like, when I, when you had a call with me a month ago, my goal was to weight loss. And it's not that weight loss is not her goal now. She's just like, but I didn't realize all the other benefits that come with training. I feel stronger. I can carry things. I can beat my husband up the stairs, you know, X, 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 X. And she's like, I love that this environment that all day fit holds. It wasn't about what I looked like. And it was always about how I felt afterwards and how I've continued to feel better in my weeks as programming passes on through. So I was like, that was the quickest I've ever seen any client ever pick up on that. She's been training for five weeks. And I said that to her this morning. I was like, usually this takes a client, to be honest, like three, six, one year, like takes time to realize that. That's the mentality around training that, that happens as you learn and what you learn, what you love about training, but also what type of training you love. Mm-hmm. I think the important, the most important thing that we can leave people with is that training is composed of two parts. First of all, the demand that you're placing on your body in the gym, whether that's lifting heavy, running fast, whatever. The demand you're placing on yourself in the gym and then the recovery period that comes. That is how you progress and that is how you get stronger or fitter or whatever your goal is. If you're missing that recovery piece, there is an essential part of your training that is missing. If you're feeling like your body feels run down every time you go into the gym, your mood is not great every time you go into the gym, you're not motivated or excited to do your workouts, you're not feeling energized, you're feeling completely taxed from them, I think these are all signs that it is okay to take a step back. Mm. And yeah, I think people people that launch into fitness and are new to the fitness industry see the messaging that you were talking about earlier of go harder, more is better, no days off. And I think that the message that we want everyone to walk away knowing is that you do not have to train seven days a week to be doing this fitness thing right. Well, there's no right and wrong way to do the fitness thing, but you do not need to be booking workouts seven days a week. You don't need to be booking workouts six days a week. Like you can train three or four times a week. And for many people, that's enough and that's okay. And if you're feeling guilt, dive into it and ask yourself why. Consistency is super important. And if you are struggling to stay consistent with your workouts, just do a skim over and ask yourself why. And that's why we talk about reflecting so much. Why am I missing these workouts? Is it because I'm tired? Is it because what I have set up for me isn't working? And I need to re- like realign, I guess, like what my, what my process is going to look like so that I can stay consistent with my workouts, my rest days my recovery and all those other parts that come in. And we talked about nutrition and mindset and sleep because they're all important parts of overtraining, which really is your recovery. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on today. I always love to have you on the podcast. Molly probably made a couple of (laughs) guest appearances. She was on top of us the whole time during the episode, Um, but I really appreciate it. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with everyone before we wrap it up? Um, I don't have any final thoughts, which is the first time for that. (laughs) And you said everything you needed to say. Yeah, I did. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to How Do You Feel? If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Rate and review the podcast. Those ratings and reviews really do go a long way. I appreciate them all so much. 
Better yet, share the podcast with a friend or family member that you think would benefit from the messages that we talk about on how do you feel. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope everyone has a great week. And as always, remember, get out there and do something that makes you feel good today.